What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Cooper Stuff. All right, I got one of my friends on here. Uh, you guys have seen, he's been on the show a couple of times. I, I text him every once in a while. Whenever, whenever something bizarre happens in America, which now is basically every other day, and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> what, what in the world is going on? And uh, he sent me a, a, an audio recording. He, say, he said, here's what's going on, Coop. And he tells me, and then I'm like, now you got to come on the show and repeat all of that. So everybody say hello to our friend, Graham Allen. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? You make it sound like we have a very one-sided friendship there. It's like you only text me when you want to know what's going on <laughs> in, in the craziness uh, of the world. But but I appreciate you having me on, man. Love love you and your family. Love uh, the show. I listen to it uh, every time uh, you have an episode come out. And sometimes you tease us, man. Sometimes you hold out episodes, uh, you know, <laughs> with your touring and all this stuff that you do, you know, and everything. But no, love it. Glad to be here uh yeah man it's crazy world these days it's insane it's insane well and you're right i i i should tell people i don't just uh text you when i need something i'm not just <laughs> using you i'm such a bad it's so patriarchal <laughs> well yeah that's that's a major issue these days the patriarchy is a is a huge issue in today's society john you should know this oh my gosh everything everything is stupid when i don't think it gets get stupider i'm like well, I was wrong again. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah, we're we're friends, of course. We've done a lot together, and also we do some rock concerts together every once in a yes, while. And uh, favorite ones, yes. Come on, baby. Anyway, um, all right. So so I hit you just this week. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to start, but you sent me a voice message, which I I thought was great. I mean, but what is going on? So we have we have Trump arrested now, yep. which. No matter how much I read about it, I'm like, I don't even really understand this. So yep. it's so dadgum confusing. Yep. And and by the way, a lot of people don't even know the QAnon shaman got released in the yep. middle of no, people don't even know. They're like, really? Yep. When did that happen? We have the uh, the Nashville, the, the horrific Nashville shooting. Oh, um, it's disgusting. Which is disgusting. And the media reaction to it, which is just absolutely diabolical. It may uh, be even worse. And I, I mean, I, I, I well, yeah. I don't know, or equal to their, their reaction to it. But but yeah, we can get into all of that. But keep going. We're just going to go in order of how you list <laughs> out all the things. Well, <laughs> I don't even know that we found out. I mean, th this is a surprise to no one that the Chinese spy balloon, oh, we're all shocked. It was giving information back to China, which. What? Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. How can you not know that? I, I don't even know where to start. And then in terms of the church's response to everything is pathetic all the way across the board. So that doesn't even need to get mentioned. Inflation has consequences, guys, as the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending. Long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling the banks. Depositors are holding their breath, and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Right now is time for diversification. Right now is to protect your family savings, your 401k, your IRA with gold or precious metals. That's why you need to work with my friends over at Birch. Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k or simply your savings into precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Simply text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 to get a free 
info kit on gold. That's it. That's all they want to do. They want to send you a free info kit. It's no cost to you, no commitment to you. What do you have to lose than to simply do what you need to do to find out the information that you need to protect your family in these uncertain times? Text Graham to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Go right now and text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 today. Where are we at? Seriously, where are we at? I Well... <laughs> Uh, I guess, I guess, I guess we'll take the top of the list that you started with there. Uh, you know, let's take the Trump thing. Okay. So, uh, I, my podcast is in the religion and spirituality category, very much like yours. Uh, and, and like yourself, I mean, we're a bit more, I would say hard in the paint on the political stuff. Uh, not that you don't cover it, but, but uh, yeah, we, I think that's right. Yeah. We, we, we really try to, cause I, I do, I think there's a need there where from a Christian perspective, tackle what people are seeing all the time, right? I, you know, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm just a guy that loves the Lord that, that, that believes there's a gap there. And, and so we try to do that. So, so in regards to the Trump thing, I was at Mar-a-Lago the other night when he gave his, his uh, little presser after or whatnot, um, you know, really gauging the room. And I'll tell everybody this, the man was tired, like, like, like beat down tired. Like that was the shortest speech I have ever heard Donald Trump give. Like, I know Donald Trump's speech is like the back of my hand now. Like it's like that scene from parts and rec. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they're campaigning. And he's like, we've got this speech down to a science. And like, I know the inflection points is when he's getting ready to end <laughs> and what he says. And yeah, never heard him, never heard him speak like that. And yeah, he, so, he gave a, he gave a longer speech at McDonald's in Ohio yes. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so, so as, as much as it probably is a shock for people to hear, I think the speech he gave the other night was probably the most authentic, no show, kind of Trump that probably has been seen in a long time, uh, beat down, tired, you know, this is what's going on kind of thing. So, so here's what I'll say. And this is what I've said on my show. Um, I'm not arguing that Donald Trump did something with Stormy Daniels. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. In fact, yep. I would argue to say that it, yeah, probably so, <laughs> you know, and, but that was, that was back in 2005, 2006, not justifying it. I'm just saying, you know, we're talking about things a long time ago and the business fraud stuff. So, so one, I do not believe in any regard that there are 34 actual counts of business fraud. What people do in the courts has been explained to me from a lot of high profile lawyers at Mar-a-Lago is that's called stacking. When you have a very weak case, what prosecutors will do is they'll stack it so they'll say so like and i'm just this is purely just made up stuff by the way so don't clip this and be like graham allen said that trump people did this no i'm just giving an example say uh john i want to do something and i give you money to make this transaction uh and then you take the money so i've made a transaction so that's one i've given you money now you've taken that money and you put it in your bank account now that's two transactions then you take money from your bank account and you pay somebody else. That's three transactions. Oh. And then that person takes the money and pays somebody else. Well, now that's four. So that's called stacking, right? It really was just one thing 
<laughs> but 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 right. they, but they're saying that there's multiple things. Um, so interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Now, now I do know if you were to take a say like a a four by twelve guitar cabinet, Marshall cabinet, and you put another one on top of it, yeah, that is stack. also stacking. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's how we make you know guitars sound proper. So 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 look at it that way from a musician standpoint. Somebody stack. <laughs> is one system, but it's a bunch of other systems put together, right? Your yeah. pedal board is consisted of all these different pedals, right? Well, that's the same thing that they're trying to do with this stacking thing. I am not arguing that a multi-billionaire has probably figured out ways <laughs> to cheat the system in terms sure. of taxes, et cetera. And I'm not arguing whether or not that's right or wrong. The tax laws and the systems are the tax laws and the systems. And we all know that it benefits rich people more than it does uh, not rich people because rich people can afford the high powered people that know how to cheat the system. Right. Yeah. I'm not I'm not advocating for that being right or wrong. What I'm saying is, if you're going to perp walk Donald Trump down there, then you got to perp walk 98 percent of everybody else that's got money down there, too. That's mm -hmm. all I'm saying. And, and, and so I thought that Donald Trump's lawyers said it best when he came out of there. He didn't speak right away, but his lawyers did. They said if 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 the person in question, if you just took on paper what they're trying to charge here, if that person wasn't Donald Trump, nobody would be there like there would be no case. Right. Mm. And so that's really what's going on with the Donald Trump thing. Why are they doing it? I think it's I think it's probably two reasons. One, I think they were hoping potentially maybe for some violence um, so they could say, see, he's an insider of violence. He's a threat to the country and Christian conservatives are terrorists and they, you know, they're, they're unhinged Two, I think they know that this is going to make him very hard to beat in the primary, not the general, but the primary of the GOP. And I think that they think that they can beat him. Uh, and, and so I, I think that, I think that probably it's the latter. If I had to guess why yeah. the Democrats would do this. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely tend to agree with that as well. I mean, and, and I just want to reiterate what you already said. I don't think anybody's, well, I shouldn't say anybody generally speaking. I don't think anybody's under some illusion that Trump is some squeaky clean oh, yeah, boy no. scout that 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 all he really cares about is sanctification of the spirit. No, I don't, I don't think that's what we're dealing with. We are dealing with, I mean, let's just be honest. The Bible teaches us that part of the judgment of God on a nation is the leaders we get. And I'll yeah. tell you what, we are a nation who has rejected Christ, rejected the created order. We have yep. rebelled against God. We want to do it our way. We kicked God out of the out of the whole country kicked him out of the school system, kicked him out of marriages, kicked him out of sexuality, kicked him out of everything. Yep. And I'll tell you what, we're getting what we deserve. Um, in fact, Absolutely. we're still getting better than we deserve on um, the goodness of God and the grace of God, but yep. we're dealt, we're, we're given these choices that they're all really, really bad choices. What are we going to do? But I think what is so concerning to me is that we are watching what seems to me, I'm, I'm just curious if you think I'm being alarmist, am I, am I saying it? Am I being a little too crazy? We are really watching a a left leftist, and I am including the the media, big tech, uh, big bit corp at this point, big business at this point. 
the one world great reset folk, all of this who really absolutely wants the destruction of the Republic Mm -hmm. just, am I right in thinking Mm -hmm. that not only do we know that that's what's going on, it seems like that's what they're being successful. And, and I'm curious to what degree of alarm, I think they're being successful in destroying this. What do you think? I think this is going to turn into a long episode and I'm super pumped about it. That's what I think. (laughs) I I, I think, uh, I think that you're not being an alarmist. I think that people that aren't becoming very alarmed very quickly, um, even what happened in the elections just the other day in your state, I I mean, you know, people not paying attention and and what's going on, um, across the board, everything is going, everything is going in the wrong direction direction so let's take practical stuff first and so let's just take our money for example okay mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen your money is not safe and and this is not me trying to incite fear in people or stir up uh insecurity in people this is just me trying to be honest the best mm-hmm. way i know how um as we speak china russia uh, uh brazil all these other places are now getting ready to or have already decided to accept the Chinese, I believe it's pronounced the UN or something or the Yuan or something like that as the new currency for oil purchase, Mm. which is the most gigantic thing that could ever possibly happen. Because up until this point, it has been the U.S. dollar and the U.S. dollar alone as the universal currency for oil production, oil purchase, etc. The United States is losing at a drastic pace our world advantage, if you will, economic advantage, because the U.S. dollar is the national currency. No matter where you go, no matter what it is, you can use a U.S. dollar to convert it to whatever and purchase. Well, now there are countries, some of them nuclear power countries that have now said, you know what? We're not going to use the U S dollar anymore. Uh, we're going to use the Chinese yuan or you win. I, I, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how they pronounce it. This is a gigantic, gigantic issue. This is where I tell everyone, and this is not a pitch. I know you got a gold sponsor. I got one too. This is not a pitch for a sponsor. This is real life stuff. Okay. Your dollar say, say you've got money in your bank. That's great. Okay. We are getting dangerously close to you waking up one day and you don't have as much money in the bank anymore. And Mm -hmm. or that dollar is worth 30 cents on the dollar. Gas prices are already starting to rise again. I don't know if anybody's paid attention to this. And we told everybody around spring, summertime, all this illusion through the elections of Biden releasing the oil reserves to make the prices go down to make everybody think that it was going to be better around the spring, summertime the prices were going to start to skyrocket again. I think they've jumped 40, 50 cents in the past three weeks now uh, at the pumps. All of these things. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Go go to the gas station today mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and start paying attention to the gas prices because they're going to start to go up. This thing with the dollar is real. Like, like it is, it, it is a real thing. This is, I'm 36 years old. I have not spent my entire life obsessed with politics, but. If the dollar starts to go down, 
if inflation continues to go up, the Fed just raised it another point or another 25% or another 0.25%, excuse me. Everything is, is it, that's going to cause more defaults on loans from banks. Banks have over $600 billion in unsecured loans out there right now. You think SVB and all these other banks going down. If you think it's not possible, maybe not for your Wells Fargo's or your JP Morgan chases and stuff, but your local banks are in trouble. They really are. They're, 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 they're mm. in big trouble for those kinds of things. That's when it starts to get bad. Okay. If gas prices go up, et cetera, um, all this, you're talking about so many people wanted people to protest by uh, doing what they called uh, bank runs, which is go pull all your money out. Don't do that. That's what they want because they want a digital world currency. The Fed just announced today that they're getting ready to unveil their new digital currency. <laughs> I mean, th these are real things. And what does a digital currency do? They're going to be like, the bank can't protect you, but the government can convert all your money into a digital currency. And then what happens? Well, you can't track cash. Well, you can track anything with digital currency. And we are, we are becoming less and less of an independent society within our own government and falling more and more into a controlled society within our own government. And why do, so why does the left, because I know the left is all in on this. I mean, I don't see any, I, I mean, sometimes people say don't, don't generalize it, but I don't see anybody on the left saying, Hey, this is getting kind of scary. Um, yeah. so, so, so why are they into this? Does it bring them? I realize that it, it controls us more, but does it also, does, is that also in line with like, for instance, um, um, the uh, World Economic Forum and things like that. Is is it sort of in line? Is that the same pipeline with these folks? Yeah, I think I think that especially from from a Christian perspective. So so let's go that route because I know that you have a lot of Christian listeners, as do I. So so let's go that route. Um, you know, don't marginalize, don't generalize, or, or excuse me, don't generalize everything. Don't group everybody into this. Well, it, it becomes difficult not to do that. When there are so very few people that are actually speaking about these things. Yeah. And, uh, and that goes with everything. Even, even if we can transition to uh, the, 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 the covenant school shooting in Nashville the other day. Uh, well, it's about a week ago now. Absolutely tragic, horrific. It just any, any person, especially an adult, I don't care if they're identifying as transgender or not, any adult that will take a life period, but much less a child's life. I mean, it's just, it's unfathomable, right? Yep. This was a blatant, obvious checks, every box under the definition of a hate crime across the board against Christians period. The end, one of the children that were murdered was the pastor's daughter of which this person was receiving counseling from. This was an obvious targeted planned out premeditated hate crime against a religious group okay not one person from the government is demanding this be labeled as a hate crime which i realize some people are like semantics the shooter's dead and all this other stuff it's not semantics because if it was a muslim school yes people would be losing their minds if it was a white person that went into a predominantly black school they would be screaming hate crime, which yeah. I'm not saying that they shouldn't in those regards. I'm saying that if it was anything other than the religion of Christianity, 
Yeah. This would be a closed, shut case, absolute hate crime, etc. To watch people side with the community of the shooter in this regard has been one of the most sickening things I have ever seen. Every single person in the White House in government is like this is we we have to side with the trans community as they're marginalized in this uh, the CMT or the CMAs whatever it was was nothing but transgender and drag queened out etc. It has been the most disgusting thing I've ever seen and I even did a video just asking pastors where are you right now you know right. Christians yep. literally being gunned down literally just for the sake of being Christians and there's nothing. And, and, and I just finally, John, I got, I got frustrated and I just asked the question, are you not speaking because you know that the internet people are going to do it for you? Like, because you know that the few people on the internet that are trying to speak out, that are trying to get the word out, are you not speaking because of that? Are you not speaking because you believe this evil lie that's being pushed, this evil narrative that's being pushed on Americans, that the transgender community is being mowed down in the streets and they're being attacked and ostracized in, in society? If anything, society claims the exact opposite. Transgender communities everywhere. You can't go anywhere without seeing it. And, and so I, I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Where are all the pastors? Bro. I, I really, I second everything you just said in terms of, I can think of very few things that have been as infuriating as this, as the, I, I mean, school shootings. I I remember when the first, when Columbine happened. Columbine, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and I was like, like everybody else, I've never imagined this could be possible. So unfortunately we have a society completely bereft of meaning and, and, it just, it, we want to get into that. The school shooting aspect is bad enough. Now, the response to the shooting, both from the media and from the Christian perspective, because the what who I call the Christian left or big Eva, big evangelical, whatever you want to call the establishment, they haven't said peep about the the shooting. But yeah. be, you know, beyond maybe a you know terrible, there was a school shooting. They haven't said peep about the things that matter, and you know. They would have said it, as you said, if this was a some white supremacist that was mowing down people of color, you know, they'd be on their say they would be in full on. We all need a what do they call what do they call those services when we all say how sorry we are for past injustices? They, they would want a a complete thing of the evangelical society. All white people need to come in and mourn for what we have done. In other words, it's all our fault that this one white supremacist went out and did something horrific. Yeah. You know, they all over the internet and, and, and they will not say peep about this. Why do I think it is? I, 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 I don't think, I don't think it's for anything good. I think all the answers are bad. I think they're completely frightened. They are completely scared of what's going to happen to them by not on social media. They're completely frightened about what the world's going to think about them, that they're in this, that, and the other. And I, I think there's there's very little that's been as infuriating to me as the response of Christian leaders that we we just cannot count on. I, I At this point, I don't even know if they even 
believe the same things we believe to, it, so much of the time. It's so absolutely infuriating. I, I think I think that <clears throat> naturally when we talk about Christian leaders, what we immediately look to the pastors and the preachers, which we should, right? Like that's the first thing you think about. They're supposed to be the shepherd, uh, you know, period. I think that we have created you know, I watched the Jesus Revolution movie and Greg, Greg Laurie and everybody. And, you know, I don't have anything bad to say about that. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was a great, you know, movement. But but I can also pinpoint from that moment how church styles changed, how preaching changed, which has led to where, in my opinion, we find ourselves now with this watered down church service, gospel, et cetera. And I think it's because very much like politicians, you know, the constitution is very clear about what the, what the requirements are to run for office. Right. Mm. We as a people have gone in and been like, well, you know, they need to be this, they need to look like that. They need to sound this way. They need to be a lawyer or a doctor or a multimillionaire or blah, 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 blah. Well, preachers, and I actually pulled up Bible verses today to, 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 to talk about this stuff because I find it very interesting. Okay, so Paul actually talks about this in First Corinthians. He lays out, in my opinion, the, 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 the epitome of what is required to be a preacher. And, and this is what I want to put out there into your audience, and this will go on mine for my audience as well to hear for your podcast and these amazing dialogues that we have, is weigh this against preachers that we see today. Because I think that we have a lot of fantastic motivational speakers that are yeah. in the job of being a preacher. But, but Paul doesn't say any of those things. All right. So this is first Corinthians two, one through five. All right. So just, I just go with, it. I'm sure you've heard this, but some people may not have. So, so this is Paul talking. All right. And so it is with me, brothers and sisters, when I come, when I came to you, I did not come with the eloquence or human wisdom. As I proclaim to you, the testimony about God, that basically means Hey, bro, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not the most well-spoken guy in the room, uh, but I'm here to testify to you the testimony about God. All right. Uh, this is verse two. For I resolved to know nothing <laughs> while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, I don't know everything. I just know that Jesus Christ was, was real. He is God's son. He came down in human form. He died on a cross for us and he rose the next uh, He rose three days later and forgave all our sins. So we could spend eternity with him. That's all I know. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I do know that. Um, let me see. Verse three. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. In other words, I'm scared to death to even get up here and talk to you. There's nothing special about me at all. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. In other words, I'm not the best speaker. I don't know the best way to, to put this together in that. But I'm here with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And this is verse 5, my favorite part. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. That is so powerful to me. And in my opinion, in those five verses, Paul puts out, this is the, the, the base level of what you need to go preach the good news and stand up in times of great need like we see right now. 
We don't need all the flashiness. We don't need all that. We need people that know the good news of Jesus and are, are don't have to be the most well-spoken, best-dressed, best-looking people out there. They're just willing to speak the good news of God because we need to put our faith in God, not in men right now. And we see it. We've put our faith, not current company, but so many people put their faith in these pastors and they're looking at these pastors to say something. And they're not going to because they never really should have been pastors in the first place. Mm, wow. Wow. Okay. Lots of great stuff, Graham. I want to say, I, I think something that, that I just absolutely love, agree with 100%. This isn't about us. It's not about the, the sermon. It's not about, well, maybe I could do it this way with even better music and even better light show and even smoke machines and and I can find a way around this. Sometimes I see this. One of the one of the things that times we saw it was when uh, years ago when Carl Lentz, uh, he used to be the pat one of the pastors at you know um, Hillsong, Hillsong in New York, in New York, yeah, New York. Remember when he was on the View and they had asked him about abortion? Is abortion wrong? Mm-hmm. And he says, "Well, yeah, I, I'd want to get to know you before we answer that." And he he starts dancing. I call it dancing. It's when you're yep. you're dancing around the issue because, in other words. There's an answer that I know is true, but I think that I'm clever enough to find a brand new answer that's going to make everybody happy and I'll be loved by the world and say the truth. That doesn't exist. And I think part of what you're saying is, is no, 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 no. We preach the power of Christ's death and resurrection, and it is the power of Christ that sets people free. It's the truth that sets people free. Now, absolutely. I just want to nuance one thing because I think some people listening might might want to know. <clears throat> one little thing that I what would nuance is that Paul was actually a completely brilliant Oh person. yes. Spoke like 25 languages. Yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And a I, genius, yeah. Yeah, so he's trained in the scriptures I mean, since he was a, a Jew of all Jews, a Hebrew of Hebrews, right? Yep. And 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 whatnot. But what what Paul is recognizing is, yeah. But but I am not using that. That is not what yeah. I put my faith in. And I'm only nuancing in case people don't know that. I'm not putting my faith in how much of a genius I am in the fact that I've been instructed my whole yeah. life in the fact that I might be able to use a persuasive argument. This yep. is about the power of the gospel. And I think what, what I would add to what you're saying, and I know you're going to agree with, the incredible feminization of culture. There's such a feminization of uh, feminization of our society. We hate masculinity because as we talked about earlier, the patriarchy, the patriarchy is all this. So we hate masculinity. And some, I think people have, they, they think that preaching the word of God is just too masculine. That's yeah. just too masculine to say something that's true. Somebody's going to listen to Graham Allen talk and Graham Allen's going to, you know, one of the first times I heard your podcast years ago, before I knew you heard from the first things you come on, you say, you were, you were pretty peeved off at Carl Lentz about the thing I was just talking about. Well, and, 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 and so full, full context to that. And you should I was, be, I was <laughs> upset about it because I wrote him and asked him, Hey, you know, I'll give you a completely fair thing. 100%. I would just love to hear your your thing from that. And we were talking back and forth and then just ghosted me like, like 100% was not. (laughs) And so, so that's a backstory of that, that a lot of people don't know is me and Carl Lentz discussed open dialogue, discussing that. And then he cowardly 
went away from it. And then now we, I mean, we saw what ended up happening to Carl Lentz in, in the end. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but, but there was a no. backstory with that too. No, that's a killer backstory. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I will say, I, well, I, I, I want to say something about you, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So I turn on Graham Allen and Graham Allen's not a preacher. You're not preaching in a mega church. You're you're a you're a guy yelling on a podcast about how abortion is wrong and it's murder. And I'm thinking to myself, how come I don't hear a lot of preachers say that? Now, to be fair, there are preachers that say that. They're just not the ones that are super duper popular, which yes, is is what exactly. we're saying. There yeah. are thousands of faithful pastors, but they don't get, they don't get the articles in New York times or on the Atlantic. They don't get the the spots that David French or even Tim Keller and people are getting because they are speaking the truth in a way that is deemed too masculine. Now, now I don't say that culture says that, but in the end, truth telling has now become tied together with masculinity. And that's the reason that all that so many of these, these preachers get up and, and they say, well, I just, no, I just think what we have to say is, is compassion for people. It's like, they're doing so many caveats and they're speaking in their soft whisper voice. They're doing so many caveats because they almost believe whether they admit it or not, they believe that the truth of the word of God is mean. Or, or or just it's too pointed and we can't hurt people's feelings because God's a gentleman or, you know, you always hear things. He's a gentleman. And I'm like, I don't mm. know. Unless does a gentleman knock the, the Paul who used to be called Saul blind him and knock him on his, on his keister off of his horse. Yep. We can give a whole, does a gentleman make a whip, <laughs> make a whip out of cords to drive out thieves and the buying and selling that is profaning the house of God. Does a gentleman say to, to, to the woman, um, at the well, like it's, I, sh I, I can't be given to the dogs, what belongs to, you know, to God's people. You know, I mean, this is such a stupid version of Christianity. It's not true Christianity, but yeah. I think all of that is so, I know we're, we're, we've, we're, we veered way off of what's happening to America, but yes, I agree with you. When we're talking about this thing that happened at the covenant school, the reaction to it is so disgusting. And I cannot believe that, that the Christian influencer people, I mean, it, it, it's insane that they, that they're not willing to come up, but, but, but I'll say this and then it might take us back to where okay. we want to go. All right. <clears throat> I think part of the reason is that they think that all of this is nothing more than politics. They, they, they just go, yeah. well, I don't want to say something about the fact that the media is not calling out that this is a hate crime against Christianity or this. A lot of them are saying, well, actually, the shooter who is transgender is actually the victim. I don't want to say I don't want to say that's not true because that just makes me involved in politics. And it's not about that. It's about the gospel. And because of that, we are just losing the country. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I think we did veer, but I think it veers right back into what I think is going on with the country as well. Um, yes, to everything you just said. I, I mean, I think that cowardice preaching has led to not only lostness in the country, but it's led to also false theology and just bad theology throughout the country, too. I watched a transgender female, which I guess that's a guy who thinks that he's a girl, right? I think that's what that yes. means. I watched this man 
dressed as a woman on MSNBC with Joy Reid with a, I believe it was a Methodist priest sitting right next to him. Mm-hmm. Talk about how uh, God made her in her image. So yes. calling God a female um, and basically saying that anyone that has a problem with, with, with people that are practicing what I call transgenderism, Right. I don't even like refer, referring to them as transgender people because I don't believe it to be real. Transgenderism is just this this narrative that's being pushed. I don't believe it to be real. And, and I'm going to share some stuff with you that I think you're going to love. And I really think or find extremely interesting uh, as well. But going back to preachers, this transgenderism that seems to be overtaking the country. And today on my, my show, I really tried to debunk that a little bit, but I heard a very popular preacher and this is not a, I'm not going after this guy before anybody says anything. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm critiquing this one part of something that was said. That's it. I'm not talking about this guy's character. I don't know the man personally, um, Mike Todd is a very, very famous preacher. He He's uh, the preacher or the pastor over Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Very, very big church. You see like viral clips of Mike Todd all the time. He was talking about transgender in the church at the time. And he was talking about the fact that he thinks that pastors should say sometimes, you know what? I don't know, which that part I kind of agree with. I, I think it's okay to admit, you know what? I, I don't know, but I do know that the Bible says this. I don't know why God chose this to be the rules, but this is the rules, you know, so I cannot marry you, you know, and, and things like that which I thought was a slam dunk there. I thought that was a good point. I really do. I thought that that was a good point to make. He did take the stance to say that he will not marry, you know, uh, uh, homosexual couples. He will not affirm transgender lifestyle. But then he says something to the very end. And this was the part, you know, me, I'm always like, all right, drive it home. You know, I'm like, come on, you know, <laughs> drive it in there. <laughs> and, uh, and then, but, but, but then I felt like he kind of backtracked a little bit. Cause then he said, as Christians, we don't have to know all the answers to stand beside someone now. And then everybody applauded and everything, because that was a really good, like, like watered down nugget point of a sermon that, 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 you know, a lot of people love the nuggets and sermons and stuff. And it sounded really good at the moment, but it's also confusing because you can't take a stance. Like I'm not going to marry you. It's not biblical and things. And then say, but I don't have to understand why God made it that way to stand beside someone. Well, what, 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 what does that mean? Stand beside someone. Does that mean that you won't perform the wedding, but you'll attend the wedding? Does that mean that you'll march in the pride parades? I mean, what, what, what is that? What, what do you mean when you say you're going to stand beside someone, when you stand beside someone, you are affirming that you are with them in whatever it is that they're standing for and standing against. Right. And so that brings us back around. So what is happening to our country right now? Well, this transgenderism takeover seems to be everywhere spreading. You want to talk about a pandemic, like, like just like COVID started popping up everywhere and everything, all of a sudden you can't look at anything, TV, Internet, social media, billboards, anything, libraries without transgender 
everything across the board. So I, I have some I have some info for you that I thought to be very interesting because I really wanted to attack this because you see Bud Light with this Dylan Mulvaney stuff. You see now Jack Daniels is sponsoring Drag Queen Summer Camp. You see that Nike with Dylan Mulvaney again has now partnered with him to be the face of women's sportswear. Like, like if, if I was a female, I would be burning things down at this it's point. Insane. It's they, insane. They can't even keep the, the narrative straight. And, and, and you mentioned earlier, but I want to just say the country music, yeah. country music was doing it to country music. Yes. Yes. And then Red Light makes a statement that they stand behind it because they want to connect with their authentic audience. And that I, I hate to say it like this because I'm not a drinker, but but it was the Bud Light statement that really got me to do this deep dive. It was like your authentic audience. And I said to myself, how many transgender or people or, or excuse me, people that think that they are transgender? How many people is that in America? Like I wanted to know. So I start deep diving. OK, so you can look this up. All right. I'll send you the link if you want to include it in in this episode or whatever but this is from uh the williams institute at ucla all right so this is not a pro-god pro-conservative university by any means right so check this out so according to their research there are roughly 1.6 million people in the u.s that identify as transgender that equates to 0.6 percent of the population, hmm. not 6%, 0.6% of the population. Um, among those are about 300,000 youth. So of the 0.6%, 0.5 of them are adults and that's 17 or older. And the rest in comparison is 1.4% are 13 to 17 year olds. The most, the most uh, influential of all the things. Now, here was another thing. I got to ask him the question. I was like, okay, well, if transgenderism is real, then there should be a natural flow throughout all of the states and all of the regions, right? It's kind of like uh, the birth rate. You know, I, I'll keep it PG here, but people do what people do and babies are, are, are attributed to that, right? And there may be some slight influxes here or there, but natural things in the world and in society happen relatively the same everywhere. The birth rates are pretty much pretty identical throughout all 50 states when you attribute population. So check this out. I found this incredibly fascinating. I would love your thoughts on this. Okay, so let me get to it here. It's a lot of stuff. Okay, 39% of all people that identify as transgender identify as transgender women. So the majority are men identifying as women. Like, like that's the majority of the transgender movement, which, which is, is interesting. Okay, now here's what I was talking about. It says 3% of those people Three or excuse me, three percent of people in New York identify as transgender. Okay, three percent of people in New York, three percent of the population in New York identifies as transgender. Missouri, zero point two percent. North Carolina, zero point nine percent. Wyoming, zero point six percent. So my question is this: If this is a natural thing and transgenderism is real, and men can be women and women can be men then why is it higher in certain states, in certain regions of the country? 
I'd love to hear your thoughts because I found that to be really, really interesting stuff. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, the first thing I would probably mention is, is that this is the reason that I came out so hard. I know you have as well against critical race theory. I think all of it, all of this, you could put in a rubric of critical social justice, right? So when 2020 happens and all the cries about systemic racism, white privilege, and all of a sudden people start discovering critical race theory. And then even the church goes completely woke of the church. Oh God, we got to have, you know, uh, whatever. The reason we have to come out so hard against those things is because it, it changes the way you see the world. Yep. And what and what it does is it says, okay, if anybody, anybody, I- I- any activity, not just a person, but their activity, the things they choose, the things they like, the people they want to be, if anybody is a minority status of any kind, then they are a victim. Yep. It completely reshifts the idea of a static moral law meaning there is a law that everyone must live according to that law or you're going to get arrested, right? What it does, it says, no, it's not the moral law that changes. It's about everybody having equity, everybody having an equal outcome. And so what it ends up being is that 0.06% of the population, as you just said, 0.6. Yeah. Not 0.06, 0.6, but still Uh, incredibly low, less than 1%. Yes. Less than one. Excuse me. I get my, I get numbers confused. Less than 1%, which is good. Much less than 1%. Much less than 1% of the population identifies as this. Of course, we want to love those people. We don't want those people getting harmed. We mean that in a literal way, in an old school way. We don't want them getting beat up. Okay. We don't want them getting killed. Of course. Right. Or literally, or literally gunned down. Gunned down. Yeah. We do not want that. Why? Because there is an eternal moral standard that we all have to live up to. You have individual liberties in this country. There are God-given rights that we recognize. But what they, but what the left wants to do is say, well, they're victims. Why? Because they are a minority, not to do with any, anything eternally moral or not. So what they end up doing is we're going to reshift the entire society and make everybody conform to the less than 1%. So we're going to 99.4% of the population needs to conform, change what you believe. We're going to make you lie. We're going to make you say things that you do not believe. And if you don't say them, you're going to lose your job. You're going to get kicked out of your college. You're going to, who knows what else who is coming down the pike. All I have to do is look at Canada, UK, and New Zealand. If you, if you, want to get an idea um some some very incredibly authoritarian scary things we're going to the 99.4 percent of you all have to change because of this victim group and so they yep. force you to say it so it's, it's a really evil thing and so what what they would say to answer your question they would say well of course the reason there's a difference between new york city and you know podunkville missouri is because new york city has already changed the material world meaning they changed the bathrooms at target and public policy and they have already restructured society to where transgender people don't feel harmed they don't feel like they're going to lose their lives in that yep. and, and 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 those and they haven't done it in podunkville but what i would say is a um Christians just know that this is a ridiculous thing. It's just a ridiculous, you know, but they don't speak about it. They know it's ridiculous, they, but they don't, they don't they, say anything. They're afraid to. 
And, and, and B, the other thing is I will say, because I just, I just got off of a tour. I've been to Podunk, Missouri and Podunk, Indiana and Podunk, Louisiana. And guess what? They are changing their society. It's every bit. It's every bit as much um, restructured to serve yeah. this particular community as New York is. And I want to say every bit. Do I mean literally 100%? I don't know. I can't say it. What I know is I've been in Podunkville and been like, how in, in this city of 40,000 people, how many transgender people are there here that they are catering to? This is so this it's already, you know, actually happening. So, so I, I, I it's it, I believe, and I said this to my pastor a couple of years ago. I said, look, I know that Christians have seen abortion as sort of the one issue thing. That's the one issue that matters. And we don't get involved in politics, but I said, I, the, the, the issue of, of gender theory is right on its tail. You want to talk about the destruction of Western civilization and everything that we have known for how long is Western civilization? I'm, I'm not a genius, but we're talking about centuries upon centuries, millennia. Um, this issue is right on us. This is a civilization destroyer. I was curious, do you agree? So you agree. I'm not, exaggerating that no These no I, I agree i agree 100 percent. And, and let me throw let me throw something at at you because i'd love to hear your thoughts on this because this is something i found super interesting and then i connected the two together and i'd love the audience to hear it too so you know i i asked myself the question I, i've said it a lot on my show that no sane rational adult actually believes that if you're a man you can become a woman. And if you're a woman, you can become a man. No, no rational, sane person actually believes that just most people just agree with people. So they don't have to hear about it, which is conceding ground, by the way. So all the Christians out there listening that you're just trying not to cause division and you're trying not, you know, but no, you're, 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 you're conceding ground is what you're doing. But, but check this out. I started asking myself this question. Do people really think if they're, if they're a man and do they really think that they're a woman or if they're a woman, do they really think they're a man or are they realizing that there is a gap in the society that is giving them a leg up if they go that direction? Now, hold on. This is how I piece this together. So I was listening to a Dr. Phil episode. They had Candace Owens on there and they had these um, admissions people from college. and uh, there was, uh, oh, who was on there speaking? Either way, Candace Owens said, well, when you're filling out an application, just put that you're black on there, (laughs) on the application, because you'll get in easier. And, you know, these people, like, lost their minds about it, and she goes, well, you know, I'm in a interracial relationship. My husband is white, so both of my children are mixed. And uh, the, 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 so she asked the admissions counselor, so they're half white, half black. What should they put on their admission form when it says race? And they said black. And she said, okay, but, but they're half white and half black. And he goes, he goes, no, they're black. And she said, no, my husband is white. I'm black. They're half white, half black. Why should they pick black? And the guy said, well, I'm, I'm mixed too, but I'm black. And, 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 and so my thing is, it seems to be 
that 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 was the first wave of something where people realized, oh, the way the country's going with BLM and all this stuff now is if we like Colin Kaepernick right now, literally trashing his white adoptive parents. It's just <laughs> like, despicable. It Some is horrible. Really despicable. Your stuff. black mom and your black dad did not want you. This, 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 this white couple gave you everything, literally got you the education and the training that you needed to be the best athlete possible. And you're trashing them because now you realize there's more money in being an oppressed black man. That's the truth. And I'm sorry if that gets you in trouble with your audience, but, but, but it is, I think that a lot of people are picking now and ladies, this is where I go back to you. Where are you on this? Okay. If a man identifies as a woman and puts in for a job that you're trying to put in for. You know, we got this whole feminist. Where are the feminists? We, we have this whole feminist movement about equality of pay and women not getting the best jobs and all this stuff. Well, I'm telling you right now that if you got a dude who says he's a woman, he's going to get that job before you because they're, they're, they're too afraid. And if that's happening now, then what's going to happen to your daughters and then your granddaughters moving forward? Women's rights are under attack with this. And, and, and it's like women are just like walking around not seeing that you are slowly kind of being pushed aside again because it's men that are like, oh, okay, all right, I can't, I can't excel on the man side of things. So I'm just going to say I'm a woman now and then get everything I want. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no question. I mean, there's no question that women are participating in their own marginalization and oppression right now by not speaking out against this. And and it's, but it's not just this. It's also with, I mean, I said to my wife the other day, I was like, have you noticed that it's women that love the drag queens? They yeah. love it. I, mm -hmm. I, it's the women that are taking their little boys to see drag queens. Well, now, the homosexual lifestyle too. It, it, it's the women that, 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 that really, really support that, or at least at first anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's very interesting. And, and in case anybody thinks that I'm being mean to women, I don't blame women for it. I blame men for it because I'm apparently still the patriarchy and I still believe yep. in this thing called male headship. We are supposed to be protecting women Absolutely. from untruths. And so I blame men for it. We haven't done our job and, and look at what, what's happening. But one of my semi fortes, I think, is postmodernism. And I always try to tell people when understanding postmodernism, the first rule to understand postmodernism, you cannot think rationally. You true. cannot try to say, well, if A is true, then then B can't be true. You can't think those things. And so one of the things we're seeing is, for instance, I, I, one of the things that Christians do is they don't want to be mean to transgender people. They want to love transgender people. Of course, Yes and amen. We should love transgender. We don't hate transgender people. Yeah, of course. We, we disbelieve in the ideology. That's an easy enough thing to say, yeah, love yeah. the people. I, I think the, the ideology is demonic. I think it's a lie. Absolutely. I think it's a destroyer yes. of lies. <clears throat> so just say it. But because we, we, we don't want to say things that are true, we don't call out these normal things. Like just for instance, I don't believe in Darwin's evolution. I think no. it's a joke, right? right. And um, I, I think it's demonic. But the secular left thinks that I'm crazy for not believing in Darwin's evolution. But the, the question is, is, if you believe in Darwin's evolution, the amount of people that identify as LGBTQ should be going down. Survival of the fittest would lead yep. you to a world without um, homosexual marriages and homosexual yep. sex and 
transgenderism. It's because they, they don't produce, they can't produce. Right. Right. So, so this should be going down. If you, so my question for them is, is if you're so stuck on Darwin's evolution, how can you believe that? And this at the same time, you have so many of these things that just do not, they, they don't go all the way through. And, And the problem is, is that they believe in Darwin's evolution at the same time as they believe in the religion of of marxism of utopianism and what i mean by yep. that is i'm not talking about necessarily the marxism part about um necessarily oppressors and oppressed people but there there's an element of marxism that leads to a great oneness of all mankind it is almost you guys a lot of people don't know this i've written about it in my new book which is why it's on my mind a lot of this is very almost um new age it, it's almost like a new age a one it's not just that mankind is is one mankind is one with nature like like think of like alchemy and magic and new age people with crystals and the earth is one and the elements are one and we are one with nature and our spirits are alive in the rocks in in, in christian theology we may call it pantheism like, like heresies of pantheism or gnosticism yep. right? right so marxism has a touch of this that is so prevalent that leads to a great oneness of men. And when we say oneness of mankind, we mean literally that that there will end up, there's not even going to be men and women. We're all one. There's not, it's all the divisions will be gone. And so that is in postmodernism with queer theory. When you erase the binary between men and women, and, and we say it's not even real as a social construct. So you erase men and women then guess what? You can erase the binary. This is also why they say critical race theory. Uh, there's no such thing as race. It's a social construct. So you erase all the binary. So it's not just that we are all one ethnicity. We are also all one. We are all one. There is no sex. There is no gender. We're just one entity. And then when we do that, guess what? We can erase this binary you would read about in Heidegger between being and nothing. Now, this is getting into a bunch of weird stuff, but this is all in postmodernism. Yeah. They believe we are leading to a great utopian version of perfection and unity. It's the same thing that the World Economic Forum believes, the great reset. The And, and part of this is worship of the earth as well, because we will be one with the earth. And that is why there's such psycho, psychos about um, all the environmental stuff that they're into and making yep. all of us eat bugs and quitting animals because everything is going to come into a one thing called the singularity and it's going to be amazing and mankind will transcend. And then you get into the really weird stuff, which I won't talk about, which is called transhumanism, which yep. is when men and machines and AI all become one. Now that's some weird stuff, which is, which is a lot closer for them trying to do all of those things that a lot of people realize. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 you know, I think I, you know, I'm not the person that's all on the Elon Musk train, but, but, but when someone like Elon Musk is sitting there literally every day, putting a tweet out, you need to be paying attention to this AI stuff. This AI stuff is very dangerous. This AI stuff is dangerous. This AI stuff is dangerous. There's a reason that someone arguably the one of, if not the smartest humans on the world, on the planet right now is sitting there like almost screaming, like, Hey, <laughs> like, like, like this is, this is yes. going a lot quicker than people realize you need to pay attention. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Uh, I think 
this is what I, this is what I think. I'm trying to figure out a way to give people some kind of hope <laughs> in, in some kind of way, <laughs> which is becoming more difficult. And it is sad. The, the, the biggest hope I know is that the Bible ends with the word, amen. That's all I, you know, that's the biggest hope <laughs> that, that, that I know is that there's nothing in motion that God doesn't already know that, that, that this is the way it's going to go, et cetera. And in the end, God wins. And so therefore those of us that believe in him and have accepted him, we win as well. But, yes. to the, but, but to the Christian community, this is what I want to say. I've had so many people reach out to me because they know that I, that, that I'm a Christian and I'm an outspoken Christian about it. And, and they tell me, Graham, you know, why, why do you show so much of the bad? And, you know, and I thought about that for a while and, you know, then it became very obvious to me. I show the bad because there's so many people that believe that it's not really happening. Uh, dude, 100. Keep going. But yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I show it is is because everybody wants to look at, you know, cute videos of puppies and babies and stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. But that's not what's really happening. And, and I can't tell you how many friends that know what I do for a living. Like, like, like they know this, we talk about it a lot. They'll say things to me like, yeah, it's crazy out there, but you know, but thank goodness it's not happening here, <laughs> you know, kind of stuff. And I'm <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like it is happening here. And so I realized, you know, about a year and a half ago, when I told you, I was really going to start focusing on more kingdom work and stuff. I realized that to start that process I've got to do the opposite of what I see so many of these churches doing, as we've already discussed. They hide the reality so they can talk about the easy stuff. The easy stuff, it, it's easy to talk about God's grace. That's easy to talk about. What, what is hard to talk about that? God loves you so much that he sent his son to bear all sin and pain and suffering and take all of it away from you, that all you have to do is willingly choose to accept him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. What's hard about that to tell somebody? Really, what's difficult? What's difficult is to say, hey, I know your son is, is, is a homosexual or transgender. This is what the Bible says about that. Now, we can love them. And, you know, I heard a really good clip. I can't take credit for this, but it was like, I, I'm gay. Great. Jesus loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Well, I'm transgender. Great. Jesus loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. All you have to do is accept him as your savior. But here's the catch. Once you do that, and once you actually accept God into your heart and the Holy Spirit comes to reside within you, then conviction happens. And then here, here's the bad news, as he put it. Now you got to crucify yourself. And now you got to die among your own flesh. And you have to accept him as your Lord as well. And I find it very interesting wording and what words are used first. You, you, you don't hear he's my savior and Lord. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. Mm. He's my Lord and savior. Yes. So, so see, 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 you can't have just the savior part. If you accept the easy part of Jesus, which is the forgiveness of Jesus, because it is it's relatively easy to be forgiven by God if you mean it, right? Mm. The hard part is living for God after that. And, and, and so as Christians, we have to be willing to 
to be salt and light, right? Why would we, what is salt? We've talked about this. I know you've talked about this too. Jesus uses salt as a very specific thing. Cause back then salt was used as a preservative. It was to keep things from, from deteriorating, from rotting and decaying as Christians, we're supposed to America's going to fall. But as Christians, we're supposed to fight as long as we can to preserve this as long as we can. And then we have to be a light. Well, what does light do? Light exposes what's hiding in the darkness as well. And so, you know, I don't believe this whole weak, timid Christian garbage. I, I don't believe that. Jordan Peterson said it really well. He said, as a man, and I'm going to put my own spin, as a Christian man, you should be a warrior first. Absolutely. You should be a warrior. Yes, uh, absolutely. But you also should be able to be timid and understand, not timid. You should be able to be meek and understanding and, and be able to, 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 to refrain that warrior instinct, because if you're demasculinated and you're feminine and you don't have the ability to fight either, uh, logically or physically, whichever one, you know, that, that may be, then what, what value is really in you not fighting and you holding back. Well, you nothing because you can't, you're useless at that point. If you're useless and you don't do nothing, then you're just useless. If you have the ability to affect change and you hold back and you show restraint, well, now you have values among you. Right. And, 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 and I just really believe that Christians, this is our opportunity, man. This is our opportunity to, to, to really stand for God really stand for the whole Bible, the whole word of God, because I believe that holding back the hard conversations and the hard realities is what's led to this massive spread of demonic, evil, um, uh, narrative spirits, whatever you, wh whatever makes you feel most comfortable, you know, calling it, but I do it's, it, it's evil and demonic what's going on in our world. And I believe it's because of this watered down Christianity that we have found ourselves in. Yeah. I think that that's, um, I, I hear you. I think the church could be doing a lot more. Uh, I love what you say about being meek. Um, you know, we're supposed to be meek and mighty. And I think that we pretty much just said, no, we'll just keep the meek part, <laughs> yeah. but we don't need the mighty we part. We confuse just... meek with weak. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's just, it, yeah, we're meek and weak and not, not, mm -hmm. not, not meek and mighty. And I think that's a real tragedy, you know, uh, and uh, I love the idea of ending on a positive note. Cause I, I have tons of positive things to say, but I will, I want to say this to, to Christians watching it is easy. You see, this is something I hear on the Christian left a lot. And I, and I think there's something they're right about. And I'm going to say this, they say, Hey, you guys are railing on, on abortion. You're, you're railing on a transgender ideology and, or this, or same sex marriage. And you're saying, well, that's all that is bad, blah, blah, blah. But, but you don't talk about your own stuff. I just want to, they're right about that. And, yeah. uh, and you just alluded to it. I know so many Christians who are down the line on transgender ideology, but are completely fine with, they're not fine with pornography, but they're enslaved to it. Absolutely. You're right. They Absolutely. Put 100%. It to death. Yep. Put that crap to death. What do you, what do you, you the Christian left is correct about this. No, you can't right. say that that's really bad, but my own stuff isn't. And so oh, absolutely. I know we agree on this Christian, Christian men have got to wake up and realize that we have a job to do. It's not just men messing it up, but if you still believe 
as I do in things like Christian uh, in, in male headship, male, male, excuse me, male headship, that we are called to be warriors and et cetera, et cetera, then we we got a job to do. In terms of of, of good news, you know, the Bible said, I love this scripture. The the earth will be full of the glory of the Lord, like the waters cover the seas. Have we seen that? Not in my lifetime. I want to see the earth yeah. covered in the glory of the Lord. I believe that. And I believe that the ways of the Bible lead to life. And if you ignore the Bible, it's it ain't going to work. It, it leads to death and it ain't going to work. And I think that we're, we're in the middle of seeing that right now in our country. You're seeing, okay, we're going to try some... Um, progressive law policies in Chicago, San Francisco, it's because, because they're victims. And we're going to, we're going to say, we're not going to punish criminals, you know, and you ought to, and just see how it goes. What are you going to get? You're going to get lawlessness because the ways of man just don't work eventually. And this is where I find, you know, my, my hope lifting up the name of Christ is what it's all about. Yeah. But, but the Bible works because what you're going to see is you're going to see, I believe a really big difference in the outcomes of people who follow the Bible and people who reject the Bible. Because if you're following the Bible, what are you going to end up with? You're going to end up with stronger families yep. because they're we're going to have less divorce. Now, yep. I, and, and another thing just to encourage people is right now, the rates of divorce in the church aren't all that different than the world. And that's a shame. We got to do something about that. Yep. The rates of pornography aren't that different in the church and the world, which goes back to what Graham, you just said, that's because we like Jesus as Lord, but uh, excuse me, savior, but not as Lord. Right. So exactly right. If we implement this, guess what happens? Christian families are more intact. Yep. We have less divorce. We have less pornography. That means our kids have less depression. They are educated more highly because we know that two parent families end up with kids who are more highly educated. Absolutely. Because yep. of the, all these things, we're going to see the way of God work. And I believe as we see that, this kind of uh, bifurcation, this divide, one of these things is going to look like light and the other is going to look like darkness and yep. the name and people say, maybe the Bible is real. Yes. The name the Bible is real. And yes, Jesus is Lord. That's where, where, where my hope is for America as well, even though my gosh, it's a dark time. So as we wrap it up, anything else that you want to say, Graham, uh, about what's going on or whatever you got, the, you got the mic. I'll just end it on a high note too. Um, you know, God's design is perfect. Just like you alluded to, how do we, from your home, how do you affect this? Well, like every issue that we've talked about today, I would argue, and I would put money on it right now that 98% of all of these people that are struggling with everything we just talked about probably have come from a home that was either broken or not their traditional nuclear family or the covenant family that God designed it to be and, or God was not at the center of that home as well. So, so a, you can do that. You can, you yourself can get closer to God, which is going to pull you closer to your spouse, which is going to pull you closer to your kids. And everything just seems to start not prosperity gospel, but I'm talking about your, your family things start to start lining up better when you put God first. And I will say this at the very end, I believe in the radical transformative power 
of God. That's what I believe. I yes. am not, I am not a believer in once an alcoholic, always alcoholic, once a liar, always a liar, once a cheater, always a cheater, once a porno consumer, once a porno consumer, once a transgender, always a transgender, once LGBTQ community. No, absolutely not. I believe in the immediate transformative power of God. I believe in a mighty God. I believe in a God that absolutely on a dime can transform someone and turn them into someone completely new. And so there is your good news there. It does not have to continue. If you're struggling with something, you don't have to look towards, do I need to be another sex? Do I need to uh, leave my spouse? Do I need to look for it in the hotel room with another person that's not my spouse? Do I need to look at it with pornography or drugs or alcohol? There is good news that you do not have to do any of those things. You can go to God because he is ready with open arms for you. And there is power, transformative power in the name of Jesus and, and, and you and you that is open to you. That is open to everyone. So, so there's a good positive way to end this Boom. there. You know, I love, I mean, that that's not even just talking about the power of the spirit. That's talking about the Holy ghost. Now yeah. <laughs> that, that's old. That's old Southern. I believe I absolutely believe that too. We either believe and the power of resurrection power, or we don't. And right. man, I can't amen it enough. Hey, thanks so much for for joining us. You know, I, honestly, I, I I learned a lot about what's going on that I didn't know, and I'm sure the the uh, the people out there do. All, to all of uh, Graham's folks that are listening, thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope everybody out there has a great week. Graham, Godspeed, brother. Later, man.